Look, any transition when it comes to your child's sleep schedule can be a little nerve-wracking. Something as little as going from the swaddle to no swaddle seems like a huge deal and can really make you question your decisions if it doesn't go exactly as planned. And that's why we've put together today's episode so we can talk about the steps that'll help to make you successful during this phase. We often worry about it so much on the front end, and we're so glad we did it on the back end. So what do we do when it does and it doesn't seem to be working? We're going to tell you today. I'm Jennifer. And I'm Laura. Welcome to the Moms on Call podcast. We are glad you're here. Whoever said babies and toddlers don't come with an instruction manual never met the moms on call. For nearly 20 years, Jennifer Walker and Laura Hunter have helped over half a million families navigate parenthood with their best-selling books, online courses, apps, and network of certified consultants. And now they have this podcast to talk directly with you. Ask your questions at 888-234-7979. Welcome to the Moms on Call podcast with Jennifer Walker and Laura Hunter. Hi, moms. This is Amy from Knoxville. Um, we've been following your book for our, our five-month-old son. He's been doing great. So we recently uh, transitioned him to swaddling with his arms out when he sleeps. And he does great for a few hours, but then he wakes himself up and he just can't get settled or stay asleep for more than 20 minutes or so. So I was just wondering if we did something wrong. Um, did we maybe do that transition too soon? So I'd love some advice on how I can get him back on track. Thanks so much. Five months old in Knoxville. Woo-hoo, Amy, Yay. that is so fun. Five months old. I'm telling you, that has to be one of the best ages. I know. They I mean, smile for real, not just when they fart, which is so great. <laughs> and it is so, so much fun. And, and right off the bat, Amy... You know, you said, did I do something wrong? And listen, it's not a right or wrong here. We have some very specific things with then moms on call that we absolutely want you to do and follow. And we'll tell you exactly what those are. But, it, you know, we don't want you to, to look at things as a right or wrong. So at five months of age, I want to encourage you to go back to that zero to six month resource and read that sleep section that's three for sleep three months and over, including dropping that swaddle. Because at five months of age, Jennifer, they're wanting to scrunch those legs up and roll over and sleep with their butt up in the air and find that comfy spot. And sometimes halfway removing the swaddle, some of these heavy uh, sleep suits or sleep sacks hinder that process and kind of causes more frustration then it's worth. Well, and we also want to give this five-month-old time during the day to figure out how to roll over. So one of my follow-up questions would be, are they rolling over? Are we giving them 10, 15 minutes you know, during the day on their tummy to figure out how they're rolling over so that they can find their own comfy spot? They're ready to find their own comfy spot. And what you're hearing when you say they can't sleep longer than 20 minutes is often the sound of achievement. <laughs> That's what we like to call it. And they're just taking time That's to wild. figure out how to find their comfy spot. And And if we go in and intervene too much, we prevent them from being able to do it. I often say, you know, sometimes it just feels like we're getting in their way. 
Because we yeah. are. We're, we're stepping in when they're right on that edge of hiking that leg over and, and finding their own comfy spot. We're walking in. And we're, you know, flipping them back over or picking them up and rocking or going back to feeding every hour or two in the middle of the night when really all they need is some time and opportunity. Now, with that said, we do want to make sure there's some key things in place, right? Oh, yeah. The we, safe sleep environment, number one. One Number one. We got a new crib mattress. They're in their room. We have the right sound machine. We don't want any little crickets or ocean waves that are coming out. We want a high quality sound machine. We want to look at their routine. Uh, You know, if they're still on the eight to 16 week routine, are they ready to do the four to six month routine? Are they ready for solids? Do we need to hold off on that? There's some things there that we can navigate. Um, And so we want to make sure they're on the right routine. And then we want to make sure that they're in footed pajamas and that we give them time and opportunity. And nights, get through the nights first. Then you can begin to work on those daytime naps that that are also going to be a little bit off when we take that swaddle away. Oh, yeah. It shortens the nap sometimes. But we want to do nighttime first, just like you said, because they just need that long stretch to figure it out. And that's what helps them to be able to achieve. That's what helps them to be able to find their comfy spot. And the thing that we want to reassure you of is that your child is able to do that. I cannot wait for this child to show you what they are capable of. Now, some kids are more docile and we'll put them on their tummy and they'll turn their head to the side and they're like, I'm good. <laughs> you know? And so you're like, well, you know, they don't even get frustrated day, enough, right? right yeah. To roll over. So take those opportunities in the evening time when we have kind of that um, fussy time. Yes. What cranky I call pants. the cranky pants, wide world wrestling now. Or, um, you know, take that time when they're already a bit frustrated. You know, we're having to stretch out 15 minutes for a feeding because we got home a little late. That's when you're going to get some tummy time because that frustration is a great motivator and it'll give them some opportunity to practice in the daytime. It's not fun to listen to, but it is really, really great when they achieve it and you see what they're capable of. And also then when they don't wake up every 20 minutes and they're and, sleeping. It's really nice. Right. And that is huge. And and one thing I think that we get some questions on is once they're out of that swaddle and they're in footed pajamas, a lot of times people do want to put them to bed to sleep on their belly. Mm. And, you know, our rule of thumb is no, we put them in the crib in footed pajamas, nothing else in the crib on their back. Mm-hmm. And we let them figure that out. And soon enough, they're rolling over front to back and back to front and scooting. It, have you ever watched a five or six month old move? Like do 360s? Oh, yeah. You know the nurseries these days. It's like Vegas in there. I can see like the corner, the left-hand corner that somebody, yeah, dropped a, you know, fingernail in at one point. So, yeah, we can see every bit of these kids. They They are amazing. all over the place. So give them some time and opportunity. Make sure those few things are in place. And we can't wait, Amy to see him sleeping soon enough. And I just want to mention on the end of that, that if they do roll over to their stomach, we don't have to go in there and roll them back over. like flipping like a pancake. Yeah, once they're over three months of age, once they're not in the swaddle anymore, then if they can roll from their back to their stomach 
and they're in a crib environment, they're in a safe it's sleep safe. environment, then we don't have to go in there and roll them back over onto their back for the back to sleep. Back to sleep is we're going to put them on their back to sleep here at five months. And if they roll over onto their tummy and don't like it, they're either going to sleep there or figure out how to roll back over. You know, we often get asked, how long will this process take? That is a question that we have as parents. I think that started when we took long trips and we wanted to know when we were going to get there. And now that, you know, we're adults, we're like, how long is it going to take my child to master this? And every child is a little bit different, but any change in routine takes typically between three and five days, depending on how old you are. That's in the infant years. When we're talking about toddlers, it can be anywhere up to two weeks, but But if after three or four days, we're not getting the results that we think we should be, the results that we talk about in our resources, then that is the time that we want you to reach out to one of our consultants who can evaluate everything that's happening in your personal situation, personalize everything, check all the boxes with you with insight and encouragement, and make sure that we are doing absolutely everything that we can to get the results that you read about in the books, to get the results that many of our clients have had. Well, and I think that's important, Jennifer, because we we can think that we're doing every single thing. We're dotting <laughs> the I's, we're crossing the T's, and everything right. is done. But when you actually get with one of our consultants and you start walking every single step out, something that you may not have even thought was super important Mm -hmm. may be a huge difference. For example, recently, you know, some kids I think are a little bit more sensitive to certain sound machines. And there's one sound machine that's out there that's fine, we'll use it. But I've had about five or six recently where things just weren't quite where I wanted them to be. And they were all using the same sound machine that was more of a static sound Mm -hmm. than a true muted sound. And I think some kids do fine, but some kids I think are a little more sensitive. And so I said, let's just try something. So here I was partnering with my families, knowing that all the I's were dotted and T's were crossed, swapped out that sound machine for something that was a little more of a muted, even sound Mm -hmm. and instantly had improvement. So sometimes it's just some of those little things that you can tweak that it takes a consultant to do. And what I love about the offerings that we have, and, and listen, our resources are fabulous, but getting into those nooks and crannies and all of those little things takes somebody to walk that out with you. I mean, it can be just a weekly, a week's worth of unlimited email. It doesn't have to be some full-blown consultation. Sometimes you have 10 things that you just need to ask and it's done. So I think partnering with a consultant at that point is huge. And I love the really getting to know each other, long oh. concept. I am still friends with so many people whose kids are, we're not even going to talk about how old now right. from when we started. Um, so it really does. It helps you to have the relational element that really gets, <laughs> did you say nooks and crannies? Yeah. Our consultants are getting in your nooks and crannies. <laughs> They're going to be like, what did you say? Yeah. Yes. That's but so in all of the details, I love it. I love how you said it. it um, And it just talks about, speaks to the details of life that we want to share with you. And we don't want you to have to navigate alone if you're not getting the results that you want, that the results that- The goals for your house. And and I think so, so many times, you know, 
you can't ask a book a question. Right. And your situation may be completely different. So we can't cover every single scenario or, oh, you know what? I've got to leave the house at 6 a.m. And how does that Mm -hmm. affect the routine? And, And so building those partnerships and those relationships, man, and having one person that knows all of those details. Mm -hmm. They know everything that's going on in your house and in your specific situation. I just think that there's something so beautiful about that, right? Um, It has been for us for years. And for the families that, you know, we've partnered with, there's something really powerful and really special about that. So Jennifer, did you know... I love did you know topics. It's so much fun. So did you know that most babies aren't born with food allergies? Yes. There's this critical window for prevention starting as early as four to six months of age. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you say four to six months of age? Because here at Moms on Call, we have free resources. We have recommended starting baby foods around four months of age. And we saw these trends even before our friends at Mission Mighty Me were coming out with the results of their decades-long study on food allergies. And so what we want to do is expose these kids to peanuts and tree nuts really early and do it in a way that's easy and convenient. That is so true. So there you have it. Babies aren't born with food allergies. Research has shown this over and over. And Mission Mighty Me is an innovative food company on a mission to help end the food allergy epidemic. Well, Mission Mighty Me, Moms on Call, and you can all work together. Stop by missionmightyme.com to learn more and use Moms on Call 20 for 20% off of your first order. And might we suggest our favorites? The peanut and banana puffs are fabulous. Thank you for listening to the Moms on Call podcast. If you have a question for Jennifer and Laura, call 888-234-7979. Visit momsoncall.com for resources to help you parent with confidence and thrive, not just survive your amazing parenting journey.